The Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty God. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind, in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 72 Give the king thy judgments, O God, and thy righteousness unto the king's son. Then shall he judge thy people according unto right, and defend the poor. The mountains also shall bring peace, and the little hills righteousness unto the people. He shall keep the simple folk by their right, defend the children of the poor, and punish the wrongdoer. They shall fear thee as long as the sun and moon endureth, from one generation to another. He shall come down like the rain upon the mown grass, and even as the drops that water the earth. In his time shall the righteousness, the righteous flourish, yea, and the abundance of peace so long as the moon endureth. His dominion shall be also from the one sea to the other, and from the river unto the world's end. They that dwell in the wilderness shall kneel before him, his enemies shall lick the dust. The kings of Tarshish and of the isles shall give presents, the kings of Arabia and Saba shall bring gifts. All kings shall fall down before him, all nations shall do him service. For he shall deliver the poor when he crieth, the needy also, and him that hath no helper. He shall be favorable to the simple and needy, and shall preserve the souls of the poor. He shall deliver their souls from falsehood and wrong, and dear shall their blood be in his sight. He shall live, and unto him shall be given of the gold of Arabia, 
Prayer shall be made ever unto him, and daily shall he be praised. There shall be an heap of corn in the earth, high upon the hills. The fruit thereof shall shake like Lebanon, and they of the city shall flourish like grass upon the earth. His name shall endure forever. His name shall remain under the sun among the posterities which shall be blessed in him, and all the nations shall praise him. Blessed be the Lord God, even the God of Israel, which only doeth wondrous things. And blessed be the name of his majesty forever, and all the earth shall be filled with his majesty. Amen. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the 61st chapter of the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they may be called trees of, the, of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the foreigner shall be your plowmen and your vine dressers. But you shall be named the priests of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. Instead of your shame, you shall, all, you shall have double honor, and instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double. Everlasting joy shall be theirs. For, the, I, for I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. I will direct their work in truth and will make with them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offspring among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them, that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God, for he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robe of righteousness, as a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments, and as a bride adorns herself with her jewels. For as the earth brings forth its bud, as the garden causes the things that are sown in it to spring forth, so the Lord God will cause righteousness and praise to spring forth before all the nations. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath magnified me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath holpen his servant Israel, 
as he promised to our forefathers Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Here begins the eighth verse of the fifteenth chapter of the Epistle to the Romans. Now I say that Jesus Christ has become a servant to the circumcision for the truth of God, to confirm the promises made to the fathers, and that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy, as it is written, For this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again he says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles. Laud him, all you peoples. And again, Isaiah says, There shall be a root of Jesse, and he who shall rise to reign over the Gentiles, in him the Gentiles shall hope. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now I myself am confident concerning you, my brethren, that you are also full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly to you on some points, as reminding you, because of the grace given to me by God, that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Therefore, I have reason to glory in Christ Jesus, in the things which pertain to God. For I will not dare to speak of any of those things which Christ has not accomplished through me, in word and deed, to make the Gentiles obedient, in mighty signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and round about to Illyricum, I have fully preached the gospel of Christ. And so I have made it my aim to preach the gospel, not where Christ was named, lest I should build on another man's foundation, but as it is written, to, him, to whom he was not announced, they shall see, and those who have not heard shall understand. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state and mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. And make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. 
and bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. And take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O God, who by the leading of a star didst manifest thy only begotten Son to the Gentiles, mercifully grant that we, who know thee now by faith, may after this life have the fruition of thy glorious Godhead, through the same thy Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness, through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord, and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night, for the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. A couple of thoughts on our lessons for tonight. Our psalm is the end of uh, the second book of the Psalms. If you haven't picked up on that before, um, the Psalter is divided into five books um, that mirrors the five books of the Pentateuch or the, the Torah. Um, and so you have at the end of the second book here a kind of um, an image of paradise um, where the Lord is king um, in the midst of a people um, settled in their land. And because the Lord is king, the land is flourishing because his kingship is one of justice and peace. Um, and it, it goes down to affecting even the quality of the soil and the, you know, and the, and the thriving of the crops. Um, this is a, a pretty common image that there is a, a symbiosis between uh, king and land, um, that the king uh, sort of is a vicarious representative of the people that he that he leads and then also the kingdom including the land uh, of the kingdom and so you know you'll see often in in sort of ancient symbolism the when there's something wrong in the monarchy there's also that's reflected in the in nature as well like the, and they they looked for portents of, of something going awry in the in the monarchy because of that but there's a connection between um there's a connectedness between these things and it's not you know it's not entirely off base you know um, it, the world, you know, around the sort of the, the environment around one is affected by, you know, the people in it. And um, and so there's this, um, you know, there's it sets up this kind of poetic pattern that actually comes to pass in the, um, you know, of course, in the uh, story of the epiphany with the wise men who behold the star um, in, in, the, in the sky that was not there before and um, go to investigate the significance of that star and to um, and likely it means the birth of a king because, you know, the, the heavens sort of act this way when, when important things happen. And so that being their prevailing belief, they follow up on that, and that intuition and then are, you know, they meet the Lord. So that's the, that's the kind of the purpose of the Psalm tonight is to establish that there's a, there's a relationship between, um, there's an, there's an integrity between, uh, between King, the, you know, King Jesus and the cosmos that he reigns over. Um, and that these things uh, bear witness to him. And that's reflected again in Isaiah 61, which begins with a with the verses that Jesus himself will read um, when his ministry begins in Nazareth, as he reads from the, you know, the book of the prophets at the, uh, on the Sabbath uh, in the synagogue there. And he'll then say this 
today this, uh, this, this prophecy is fulfilled in your hearing that the Lord has anointed me to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance for our God. And then goes on to describe what that will actually look like and mean. Isaiah 61 uh, paints us the idea of the Jubilee year, um, that the fulfillment of the Jubilee year. Uh, we have to remember that Isaiah's is, writing is here, is happening during captivity, um, the, the uh, Babylonian captivity. And so um, it's, a, it's a strange time to be hearing about the Jubilee because we're the, the people, you know, the, you know, they were living through this time um, there. They were far from the land that was to enjoy it. We'll recall that the Jubilee year was um, a year that came along once a generation to um, to you know sort of create a renewal of life, a, a forgiving of debts, a resettling of ancient sort of allotments of land, um, according to families in their tribes as they had entered the promised land. So it was a, practically a way that, you know, people didn't go generation to generation in you know, significant debt if they had, you know, fallen into bad fortune um, or or that there was an ongoing sort of someone being captive to another or having, you know, forsaken or lost their land. And so the Jubilee year um, was commanded of the Israelites uh, for a, re, a re, sort of a resettling of everything as it had been known upon entering the promised land. And it's not clear that they ever actually obeyed that law. And this was one of the reasons why they were sent into exile and stripped away from their land um, is because they neglected to uh, do this justice that the Lord had commanded. And so the Isaiah's prophecy of their return from captivity will be a sort of the Lord himself accomplishing this Jubilee year that will uh, renew their life as though they had just left Egypt again. And they had entered the promised land again and promises a renewal of life, but not in the not a renewal, uh, not a release from captivity into the same old patterns of life that they had known prior to going into the exile. Um, that's significant that they're not going to be redeemed from captivity so that they can just go on acting in the same bad ways that they were prior to the captivity, although to some extent that is what happens. So we move to St. Paul's meditation on all this in Romans 15, where he points out that what Jesus has accomplished in um, what Jesus has accomplished is to fulfill the whole destiny and vocation and faithfulness of Israel, um, which has a benefit not only for um, the Israelites themselves, but then it's extended to the whole world. And we'll recall that as God had said to Abraham at the beginning, you know, he promised that he would bless all the nations through the family of Abraham. And that the faithfulness they would show to God under the covenant would have a blessing that would echo outward and implicate all the nations of the world who would come to the knowledge of God through them. So as we connect to pieces here, we see that the king uh, whose presence uh, you know, vivifies and renews the whole earth is this king who will proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord according to Isaiah's prophecy. And that St. Paul identifies as King Jesus himself who has proclaimed captivity to all, uh, freedom from captivity to all who will receive that message of peace. But, you know, as Isaiah promises, it also serves as a judgment for all those who will reject it. And it's significant for us tonight, I think, as we enter into Epiphany, that we're about to receive the good news of, of Christ again in our readings for Mass and in the daily offices. And it's significant for us to remember, like the Israelites had to remember coming out of captivity, that we have not been redeemed from captivity to, to the great enemies of our soul so that we can go on living however we want. We've been redeemed so that we can, uh, we can participate in this new way of being human that our Lord has opened up to us. 
And so it's significant for us to realize that in receiving the good news of the gospel, again, an epiphany, that it's a, it's a gospel that liberates us, but it's also one that obliges us to a new life. And so we'll go on to find out the nature of that life and receive the grace to grow further into it. We'll continue now with our intercession. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. And do thou, the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake, who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all for being here tonight. Good to be with you. Happy Epiphany. Thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader, and I hope you have a wonderful start to the, uh, the new season. Bye, Sammy. Mm -hmm. Hi, Sammy. Hi. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, Father Hayden. Epiphany. Happy Epiphany, everybody. <laughs>